Hello and welcome back to the Howlin' Hoops podcast. I'm your host Kyle Edwards and uh, today we have a very special episode. Um, We're going to talk about uh, some games uh, that had just uh, transpired, Um, but most importantly, um, we have a new uh, co-host to the podcast. Uh, uh, His name is Thomas Smith. He's a basketball guru. Uh, Thomas, say hello to the people for me. Hello, everybody. Uh, Thank you, Kyle, for letting me join the podcast. We're we're looking forward to it, man. Uh, it's gonna be a gonna be a fun uh, fun year talking uh, Wolfpack hoops with you. Um, we both uh, I know we're both very uh, big big basketball advocates, so this should be a good time for sure. Absolutely. All right. So, um, first podcast of the year was kind of just briefly kind of giving you guys a inside scoop of what to expect this season. Um, we weren't really sure kind of what was going to go on, but, you know, we're really looking forward to this season and um, and we've gotten a couple games under our belt. So we wanted to kind of brief you guys on kind of what our thoughts are, what things that kind of stood out and things that we kind of look forward to for this season, our opinions and um, all of that good stuff. So on Monday, we play this past Monday, we played the Citadel. Uh, we got a little 72 59 victory. Um, we had a lot of uh, a lot of guys, um, a lot of guys got a good amount of minutes. Um, pretty balanced, I would say, pretty balanced, uh, pretty balanced minutes for sure. Um, we had a uh, DJ Burns as our leading scorer. Um, pretty efficient from the field, eight of 11. Um, he stayed out of foul trouble pretty. Well, which I was uh, very impressed by, um, Thomas. I know we, you know, we've both been watching a lot of uh, NC State hoops, especially last season, and that was kind of uh, DJ's, you know, nemesis as far as uh, trying to make sure that the rest wouldn't be calling a lot of fouls on him. Yeah, um, but this year, I don't see that as being a as big a concern. You know, we have Middlebrooks off the bench. We have Dr. in the starting lineup who can play some minutes to five. We've got Ernest who in case of emergency, uh, if DJ were to get in foul trouble, he can, he can contribute. We saw it last year. Um, so yeah, to me, that's, that's not as big a concern. Right. Absolutely. It's definitely not. And, uh, you know, speaking on, you know, speaking highly of Diara, you know, he, uh, he, he definitely showed out for that uh, Citadel game. He, uh, he proved that there's a, he is a a guy that's going to hustle for you. He's going to go that extra, you know, 110 percent for you and i think he's going to be a valuable addition to this squad for uh this whole year um i do have an apology to make to all the people that listen to this podcast as i was not really sold on michael o'connell uh before the season started from the exhibition game and uh he did prove me wrong in that citadel game he uh he he definitely he definitely balled out um was very impressed uh with his uh, court awareness, he had a uh, seven assists to zero turnovers, which is awesome. You know, that's what we love to see from a guard, you know, who's, you know, from a veteran guard, I should say. And uh, it was really, really comforting to see that he shot the ball well. And, um, you know, he made, he made a statement, I think that he was able to uh, solidify a decent role within our squad. I, I, so I know you weren't here for the first episode, Thomas, but I need to apologize to all the people that heard me say not I didn't say bad things about him, but I wasn't completely sold on him. So he you, definitely he definitely proved me wrong, when I, which I was very happy about. Yeah, you definitely weren't wrong about your takes in the first episode about him. I mean, in the exhibition, he had five turnovers. Um, 
which obviously isn't great from a an experienced guard, but he mm-hmm. definitely showed um, in the first game and in the second game that he's very capable. And I like the role that Keith has him in now compared to in the starting lineup. Um, coming off the bench, he really pushes the tempo um, with that second unit, uh, which, I mean, I think he fits perfect for it. I mean, he plays great on-ball defense, stays in front, gets deflections. I mean, this is, it's what Keats wants. So if he's able to, I mean, even shoot the three ball at, at like a 30, 35% clip, mm-hmm. we're looking at a really good contributor this year. Yeah, no, and I, I know Keats is very high on that um, very intense level of uh, defense. You know, he's been a very big advocate of that, um, the la- especially last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and see, that was that that's one of my was one of my concerns coming into the year was you're losing Turquavion, you're losing Jarkel. Those two were outstanding on ball defenders. Outstanding. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you know, and to lose those guys, it's it's tough. But, you know, I think we have trained over the course of the offseason. We have, you know, built in that mindset of being aggressive on the on defense and, you know, being aggressive, but also being smart. It's not committing the dumb, the dumb fouls and everything. It's about, you know, playing, you know, with the right mindset to, you know, play aggressive, but, you know, play smart and aggressive, not dumb and aggressive. And, and, not and another thing, I mean, fouls. This is something I sort of mentioned earlier about with DJ's foul trouble. Mm-hmm. We have nine to 10 guys that no matter, like whatever happens, whoever's in the game, I'm fine with, which is something that he has not had in a, like in a long time, you know, last year to Cravion gets in foul trouble. You're like, Oh God, what are we going to do? Yeah, year, exactly. It, it's a whole different ball game, which is amazing. Yeah, and we'll get we get touched on that rotation for sure later. But it's just yeah. it's so it's so interesting to see, you know, this team com- with a bunch of new faces, still kind of finding an identity. But the fact that you know all of these guys are ready to play at a moment's notice and you know give it you know one hundred and ten percent just from the first two games, you know, it's not all going to be perfect. We all know that, but it's encouraging to see that, and I'm very very pleased with how well they've been able to handle themselves when um you know just in these first few games just still learning each other figuring each other out and building more and more of a team chemistry which i think will go will be you know pay dividends in the long haul for sure yeah um and that all starts with with the big man mm-hmm. dj um and obviously he's well liked by everyone in the NC state community. So obviously his teammates are going to like him. And um, uh, at the start of this game, we really were able to get him the ball and get him, get him the ball close to the basket. You know, last year um, he'd catch the ball at three point line and the crowd would start chanting and he'd just back the back him down all the way down. And that's <laughs> not, that's not how you want to do it. That's not good basketball. No. Um, and that showed in the first game, especially, I mean, he was efficient as ever, uh, eight for 11 on the night. Uh, can't like, he can't get much better than that. It no. cannot. Yeah. And I, we, you and I had kind of touched on this as we were watching the game, um, kind of, you know, pivoting to another big, big guy on our team, you know, not big in, you know, stature, but big, you know, as far as, 
uh, influence and impact is uh, Casey Morsell. And, you know, I think when first game, I think we were kind of seeing a little bit of him trying to do a little too much or just kind of going through the motions. Like it was just another game for him. Um, kind I don't know if it was, it, it could have been butterflies. It could have been not butterflies. I don't really know, but I think, I think in that first game, he felt a little bit of pressure to try to do a little bit too much, shoot a lot of threes. Um, and it just, his shot wasn't looking great. Um, but at the end of the game, like as the game kind of progressed, he got a little bit more comfortable, um, you know, with the system. And I think he was able to, you know, produce some valuable minutes, even though he uh, only had nine points, but he did. Um, I mean, I think he provided some spark a little bit in that second half of that game, just to kind of help us inch away farther away from the Citadel when it was getting a little too close for comfort. Um, yeah. Uh, Casey's the type of player that doesn't need to force it. I mean, he if he lets the game come to him, you know, rebounding the ball, playing tough defense, getting block shot, getting uh, block shots, you know, just stepping in rhythm into his jump shot. I mean, he's lights out. And I agree with you saying that he seemed to be forcing some of his shots early. Um, but yeah, if he if he lets the game come to him and he plays his role which is that, you know, third or fourth option. But if, if he's our third or fourth option on the year, like, oh, my God. like Yeah, we're going to be stacked. <laughs> yes. A 40% three-point shooter who is physical enough to get at the basket, uh, plays excellent defense, can guard anybody's best player. Like, that's great. Yeah, that's who you want on your squad for sure. The guy who's you know, he's willing to take on that challenge. He's willing to go the extra mile for the team. And, you know, when he stopped trying to force shots later in that game, he really showed us his true potential. And, you know, we're very excited to have him back for another year as with Absolutely. DJ. And, you know, I think with being able to have DJ play lower to the lower in the post and have him play closer to the basket, it frees up more space for Casey you know, with what we kind of did last year is, you know, people are focusing so much on, you know, Turquavion and Jarkel last year that it left Casey wide open on the opposite wing. And mm -hmm. so I think if we can maintain that and DJ Burns, you know, does what he does like he did last year, keeps his eyes up and throws a cross court opposite side, Casey's got a wide open shot nine times out of 10. And that's another thing. DJ catching the ball close to the basket means that help's got to come, uh, further away from the three-point line because they have to double in the in the paint basically mm -hmm. and it just frees up if the first pass isn't there then the second pass will be open swing the ball around all around the perimeter you got to wide wide open three you know yeah for sure um so in that first game did anything kind of stand out what were you kind of some of your standout uh concerns did you have any concerns did you you know what kind of what was Overall, as far as, you know, from that first game, what did you kind of think? What was your assessment as far as, you know, uh, what defense, like? defense, defense, defense. It all starts with defense. Last year. We struggled guarding in the half court, you know, we weren't able to get stops when we needed to. But tonight, given only giving up 59 points, 
we had five blocks, nine steals, 14 turnovers. And that's the brand of basketball that Keats wants to play, you know, getting out in transition. Um, and that starts with the guards, Jaden Taylor, DJ Horn, Michael O'Connell, Casey, uh, uh, Dennis Parker, Dennis Parker, all, man. <laughs> all of them were great defensively. You know, Parker had that really nice bl- block coming across the weak side, sent it into the front row. I mean, if we're able to stay in front of the ball and not allow straight line drives, we're going to be good defensively. And it showed in that game against Citadel. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, I mean, I and we're not even talking that. about. MJ Rice, who is probably without a doubt our best athlete on the team, he's able to guard one through four, stay in front of everybody. He's strong, physical. I mean, we get him back and hopefully in the next couple games, I think defense is going to be great this year. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, as far, yeah, and as far as last year, half court defense, you know, it was a little little shaky, you know, I, I mean, it's very interesting and, and kind of neat to see that, you know, just kind of like last year that we are still picking up people like full court. We are slowing people down on the offense, which I think is, you know, indicative to us being able to force them to make a bad pass. And then that's where we execute time and time again in transition. You know, that I think that's been Keats's go-to thing for pretty much his whole you know, tenure at uh, state. And so it's very, these last two years, it's been really great seeing that actually work and play into action and, you know, come up, you know, successful. Cause I know in recent, in previous years, it just, it really hasn't been it. And I'm, it's very. Well, that almost, that goes back to the inability to play nine to 10 guys, you know, when you're pressuring, full court players are going to pick up cheap fouls and we didn't have the depth in years past to do that. And this year we 100% do 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very encouraging to see. Um, so that's kind of our take on uh, the Citadel game. We'll kind of transition now into the uh, Abilene Christian game on, uh, on Friday. Um, a, a nice smooth little 20 point win, 84, 64, um, looking at the stat sheet, it is a pretty balanced, um, scoring, uh, sheet from our starters. I mean, the starters that played, I mean, we, we had a lot of guys that provided valuable minutes and were able to score at will. It almost seemed like, I mean, it's, we, we shot, it looks like we shot the ball. Well, I mean, we shot great free throws, which I kind of want to, you know, harp on a little bit later, but I mean, you know, Diara, you know, getting 11 boards, you know, uh, us attacking the, uh, attacking the glass, making sure that we're, you know, getting, getting second and third chance opportunities. And it's just, it's really, that's kind of, I feel like where we will, thrive just kind of like last year where we were able to get like second and third chance points to get, you know, last year when we got, you know, T and Jarkel, those, those wide open shots off those second chance points. I think that can be a pretty beneficial going into this year as well, where we have a guy like Middlebrooks and Ernest Ross, whenever he gets in there and Diara and Burns all kind of down by the basket, getting those 
second and third chance opportunities to help us capitalize. Um, see, that's another thing. Another thing is that um, the rebounding, although it looks good on paper, you know, DR had 11, Burns had seven. Um, we only out-rebounded Abilene Christian by two. And their biggest guy was six foot eight and their next biggest guy was six foot five in the starting lineup. Um, and when we start playing teams like UNC, we play teams like Duke with six elevens plus guys coming off the bench and stuff like that. That's things we got to really focus in on. And it honestly starts not with the bigs, with the guards, um, Traquavion last year averaged four, Jarkel averaged five, Casey averaged four. This year, we're not getting that same production out of our guards. Our guards aren't rebounding, which they need to. Um, mm-hmm. And that'll show in ACC play if we don't if we don't fix it. Um, you know, you can't like you said, us getting second and third chances on offense we can't allow opponents to get those second and third chances. Yeah, you're right. Um, and especially on nights where, you know, what, which is one of my, one of my concerns for this team, this year's team is we don't have a guy like T or Jarkel who can 100%, you know, not 100%, but go get us a basket when we need one, when we're on a drought, you know, and that'll show, you know, we go through these long spells if we're not getting second and third chances. You know, we're not going to shoot 46% from the field every game. Um, yeah, no, I mean, we definitely won't. And um, kind of like last year, you know, we went through those little spells of, you know, six to eight minutes, almost like not being able to score and then not being able to get rebounds and, mm-hmm. you know, giving people up second chance, third chance opportunities to kind of, you know, take the game away from us. And, uh, you know, thankfully that didn't happen too many times, but um, it happened enough where it was uh, definitely frustrating for, I know, a lot of Wolfpack fans. Um, uh, Jaden Taylor, I don't feel like we really harped on him as much. I mean, in the, from the first game, but this guy, I mean, I'm, I like seeing what I'm seeing from this guy already. I mean, it's only been two games. I know, you know, the opponent is not super strong, but, I think he is a valuable um, part of this team, and he is going to be a guy that I think we rely on in a, in clutch situations for sure. Um, yeah, you know, the first game, he didn't have his best shooting night, three for nine. Um, and even this game, he started off, I think it was one for eight, I want to say, in the first half. Mm-hmm. But even still, he was getting to the basket, you know, getting to the free throw line and especially in Keats's offense where, you know, it's not always going to be a set play every single possession down, which isn't a bad thing, you know, Um, being able to get to the basket, draw two defenders, kick out, working inside out is how you win basketball games, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I mean, he did a fantastic job against Abilene Christian. And yeah. and another thing you were saying, you know, Abilene, you thought Abilene Christian wasn't this big, you know, they're not, they're not a big time program, but they did beat Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State, which is a power five team. And that is not to be taken lightly. That is true. That's going to look good on that resume, hopefully, or 
fingers crossed that looks good on the resume come uh, come early March. Games sure. in November. <laughs> Matter in March. Yes, sir. Um, I guess anything else you wanted to uh, kind of harp on as far as the Abilene Christian game? I mean, I'm looking, you know, for the fir- these first two games, I'm, you know, it's not, I'm actually pretty satisfied, you know, even I'm looking right now at the Abilene Christian game, 83% free throw shooting. I mean, that, that right there is going to win you a lot of games. I mean, yeah, I think, um, I think with free throw shooting, it's been, you know, last year we, we weren't, we weren't horrible. And I think if we can average somewhere between 70 ish to 75% as a unit, that's going to really help us in the long run. Yeah. Um, as it, I mean, Taylor Horn, Marcel, uh, Michael Connell, those are all guys who should be in the 80 plus range. Um, I mean, DR shot five for seven, but I'm not sure how consistent that'll be. And last year, DJ shot like 60%. So um, if our guards especially can shoot well from the line, I think we will be all right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then another thing I wanted to talk about in the for the Abilene Christian game is um, – Ben Middlebrooks, even though in the stat sheet he only had five points, you know, he made an impact when he came in in the game off the bench. And even in lineups where it was him and Burns, he show, he did not make the three that he took, but form-wise and ability-wise, it looks like he's going to be able to be a guy who can step out and hit a three, which mm-hmm. – Especially in a lineup with Burns, we've we we haven't had a guy six eleven plus that can step outside and hit a three, and we have two this year. I know, yeah, Diara did it in the first game a few times. That was really awesome, and I I know Middlebrooks will provide valuable minutes for us, and you know he's going to get he's going to be that you know rebound guy. I think he'll fill that rebound guy void we've been kind of looking for, and making sure that we get you know not only you know prevent second and third chances, but get those second and third chances for sure. Like what we were harping on earlier. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and one more thing we didn't mm-hmm. mention DJ horn at all. Um, he didn't have the most efficient game against the Citadel, but this game he showed that he can be efficient. I mean, he shot 40% from three, which is his standard that he's shown um, in his college career. And I mean, he's going to be, Another guy that I mean, any any night I think Burns can lead us in scoring, Dr can lead us in scoring, Taylor can lead us lead us in scoring, Horn can lead us in scoring, Morcel can lead us in scoring. I think even some, I mean, O'Connell, he had a good good first game. He can lead us in scoring. Um, MJ Rice absolutely can lead us in scoring. Uh, and yeah, I mean, this team is deep. This is going to be a special year for sure. Having multiple guys that can, you know, pop off at any moment. Um, having such a balanced scoring attack poses such a threat to other teams. I think yeah, you, you, you can't, you know, sit out and, you know, when T comes off a screen, you can't double team him. You can't just immediately double team. You can't do that with the guys we got this year because we have threats in every single position at all times on the court. You know, last year, 
I mean, I don't want to bash anybody, but uh, <laughs> when when we had a pick and roll with Ebby Dewana, and he caught the ball at the free throw line off a slight, off a small, a small roll, he couldn't do anything with the ball. You know, it was just catch and dunk for him, which he was effective at doing that. But this year, we got guys who can make plays. Everybody on the court can make plays. And yeah, that's... and even like even Breon, like I mean, Breon provides those valuable minutes that he did last year. I mean, he's he he's he knows his role as that defensive, you know, guy. He's he he will guard the point guard. He will you know run with him, and you know he'll he'll play th- that position. Um, you know, obviously he's not you know the offensive threat, but providing you know nine to ten minutes here and there, you know, in this big rotation that we have you know, that, that goes a long way into helping, uh, helping players stay fresh so that, you know, he'll play a few minutes here and then just to give, you know, DJ Horn a break and then DJ will come right back in. And so I think it's just like last year, you know, it's, it's, it's good to kind of see that, you know, still progressing year after year with, you know, making sure Breon, you know, gets those valuable minutes and then, you know, provides, you know, a spark on the, off the bench. Go. So now I want to kind of talk about, uh, you know, our rotation. Um, I think it's a, it's kind of a topic that we really kind of wanted to hit hard on um, just from the, from these first two games. It's a, it's definitely, it's definitely different than last year, as you would probably agree, Thomas, it's, it's something, it's something to kind of be looked at. So, I mean, we we're playing, we're playing, you know, eight to nine guys in a solid rotation. Um, in these first two games, I mean, they're getting a lot of minutes and it's uh, it's, I think it's ultimately kind of helping our players stay fresh and it's not, you know, putting, you know, you know, 38 minutes like we did on Jarkel and Turquavion where they're, you know, exhausted by the end of the day, you know, being able to have fresh legs like game in and game out, you know, minute by minute, you know, that's going to help us, I think, play, better against other teams as we get deeper and deeper into the season. We'll still have fresh legs no matter what. Yeah. um, We played in the first two games, we played eight guys for more than 10 minutes. And, you know, that's excluding guys like MJ Rice who could come back. And I mean, I don't want to say that Cam Woods is going to come back. I think he should be eligible, but if he were eligible, he would play in the rotation every night. Um, And, you know, we we can't speculate on when uh MJ's coming back, but you know, him being with the team on the bench makes me think think it's sometime soon. And I know for me, I think our starting lineup should be DJ Horn at the one, MJ Rice at the two, uh Casey Marcel at the three, DR at the four, and Burns at the five. And my reasoning for it is that. MJ Rice is six foot five, strong, athletic, and he would provide that defensive versatility that we need with all the switching that we do. Um, and I think taking Jaden Taylor and putting him on the bench would give us a ACC six man of the year candidate. I mean, we're talking scoring spark, defensive energy, you know. A lineup where he's more free on the offensive end with O'Connell at the one, I just think the tempo would be incredible. 
Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, with all of these big guys and, you know, we're obviously hoping that MJ comes back a lot sooner than later. But whenever if he does come back into that rotation, it will be another great, you know, spark for us. And I think having him. Yeah, like you said, having him around the team is, I think, already energetic enough to kind of give these guys a little bit of more of a boost saying like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I am part of this team. I'm not, I'm not shutting you guys out. Um, you know, kind of building, you know, rapport and, you know, more chemistry with these guys, even though if he's not playing, he's showing that he is, you know, willing to be part of this team. And I think once he, inevitably comes back he is um i think will be more dangerous than ever um and i think i i'm I, mean, I don't know what your take is on it but i'm assuming that if mj doesn't end up playing um or if he's not starting a certain game i know that's your kind of starting five um i'm assuming that probably Jaden taylor would be that guy to kind of take his role and then if oh, yeah. MJ does come back he's probably going to be that sixth man immediately i i don't think he definitely will not start the first couple games he comes back. Um, but I think by ACC time, I mean, he, he's going to show that he is the real deal. He is a NBA talent, you know. And I mean, having O'Connell off the bench, Taylor off the bench, Dennis Parker off the bench, Middlebrooks off the bench. I mean, I know I've talked, said it a bunch already, but this team is deep mm-hmm. and we'll be able to, you know, have guys fresh when they're in the game, more pressure on the ball, less mental mistakes. You know, we forced thir- about 13 turnovers a game last year. Mm-hmm. And I honestly expect that to jump to about 15 a game. We have, we have more length. We have more athletes. It it just overall signals an improvement on the defensive end yeah and it looks like we even have i mean obviously we had speed last year but i mean i'm I'm willing to say i feel like we got more speed this year i mean just with the speed and length combined yeah i mean absolutely i mean that'd be insane dennis parker a guy that stood out to me in the first two games you know was able to get into the passing lane, disrupt, get deflections. I know Keats, you know, every day in practice, they count how many deflections we get. And I mean, he's six foot seven, mm-hmm. long arms, can block shots. I mean, it, him off the bench. I mean, I was telling our buddy Charlie the other day uh, at the Citadel game that he reminds me of, of Darion Sebron. I, I mean, a young version of Darion Sebron. And he's not going to give us that, that, ACC play of the year type level that Sebron gave us every day. But I mean, if he develops, man, he's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think people like, you know, when we see him, it, we kind of almost forget because of how big he is and how broad he is that he's only a freshman this year. Mm-hmm. So if he is willing to kind of stick around for another year or two, this guy's going to develop into something that is going to be almost like a freak of nature. I mean, he's going to be, I feel like if he sticks around and he just works on his game and just develops his craft and, you know, finds his true role on this team. I, I mean, I, 
I've got really high hopes for him and I'm very excited to kind of see what role he plays this re- the rest of this year, because he is, he is a guy who can spark our team as well, coming off the bench, just, yep. you know, showing, showing that intensity and that hustle on both the offensive and defensive side. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it, 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 this is going to be a fun year for sure. Um, I sure I'm hope excited. so. I'm very, I'm, I'm, you know, as an NC State fan, you know, people You never get your hopes up. Never I mean, get your hopes up. You never get your hopes up because your hair will turn gray faster than you could, you know. <laughs> this is the the Howlin' Hoops podcast, but I mean just segue <laughs> over to, to football for a quick second here. I mean, after the Duke game, we are down in the dumpsters. Just this team's not gonna win another game. And then here we are three games later on three game winning streak, talking oh, about yeah. ten win ten games. You know, a shout out to our two man uh, Wolfpack podcast friends over there. Um, yeah, and so I don't want to get my hopes up for this team, but especially after the Abilene Christian game, I feel good about what we can do this year. Yeah, and I I don't think I've ever felt that good about NC State basketball. I mean, there were moments last year where I was like, okay, Jarkel and Turquavion can really. You know, they'll be a really great backcourt and they'll they'll help us get a lot of wins. I didn't think they'd get us that many wins, but I was like, they'll get us some wins for sure. And, you know, just adding to more more transfers this year, uh, you know, more expertise, more, you know, yeah, I I'm just I'm look really mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to what is gonna what comes this year. I'm obviously not gonna get ahead of myself, but it looks good from the first two games. Another thing is we brought in transfers who also have eligibility. Taylor has years exactly. of eligibility left. Diara has years of eligibility left. Uh, O'Connell, Middlebrooks, all guys who have eligibility. Um, Horn being the only one that doesn't have eligibility. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these guys will be able to grow on that chemistry as the year goes on and going into next year. I mean, don't want to talk about next year yet, but yeah, I mean, this team has a chance to do something special, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we don't have to deal with any major issues or, you know, injuries or anything like that, but knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood for sure. But, um okay so i mean we kind of covered all the bases here um kind of want to get now into our thoughts on our next three opponents we've got charleston southern friday november 4th uh november 17th um that will be at 7 p.m i believe and so we've got that this coming week so people can look forward to that uh there'll be a day right before uh state football plays uh virginia tech um and then the following week we've got Vanderbilt and either and then the winner of the BYU ASU game in the uh, Las Vegas showdown um that we are uh playing in uh over the Thanksgiving break. Um what so kind of tell me what a uh, Charleston Southern I mean I think we'll oh, wow. know, I think we'll we'll kind of we need to win by 20. We need at to least. win by a lot. I think I think we'll handle business. You know, we're at home again. You know, I think it's going to be an easy, not an easy. I mean, it might not be an easy victory, but we'll definitely need to show up. We cannot. You have to show up every night. Before, we cannot be looking night. forward to the Vegas showdown. We gotta we gotta take that one game at a time. 
take care of business and then head over to Vegas. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like I said, I said this earlier, games in November matter in March. They do. They do. And, um, you know, uh, quad three, quad four losses were the reason that Clemson didn't make the tournament last year. So we have to take care of business in quad three and quad four. You cannot lose a quad three or quad four game. No, I mean, because uh, and there'll be a like, quad four game for sure. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Vanderbilt, you know, that they might be that quad three, quad four team. They'll probably be a quad three because it'll be a neutral site. Um, but even that game, I mean, they they lost to Presbyterian and then only beat USC Upstate by, I believe it was seven. Um, so they didn't really look dominant in that game. And both those games were at home. Um, Vandy lost a couple guys to the portal. Um, they don't have the same talent that we do. So we should take it as a as somewhat of a learning opportunity. You know, it's never easy to win on a neutral site on a road game. Um, so hopefully that, you know, will be, like I said, a learning opportunity for this team. Um, and I think our first big game, like in terms of, you know, net and quad one, quad two will come in this BYU or uh, Arizona State uh, game. I agree. No, I, I definitely agree. They, uh, I, we got, you know, BYU had um, just recently on Friday beat a uh, 17th ranked San Diego State uh, by nine points. So they, you know, they've showed that they can that they can hang with you know you know big dogs, and they're not a bad team themselves. I mean, it's going to be. It will be a dogfight, I think, between one of these, you know, Arizona State teams and BYU teams. I mean, it's it, it'll be interesting to see kind of who ends up winning that battle. Um, my I mean, if, best bet would be that we're at this moment in time that we will be playing BYU. Um, that's what we need to hope as a we um, need to hope that that's what we do when we take care of business with Vanderbilt. If but you want, if, if we look at it though, um, if you look at the box score of the BYU San Diego State game, BYU is actually a one in, a one point favorite versus the 17th ranked Aztecs. I don't know if San Diego State was missing anybody for injury, um, but I mean BYU had five guys in double figures. It looks like they play eight guys, an eight man rotation. Kind of similar to us, where I mean, they had three guys off the bench score double figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, so yeah, that that's going to be a big test for us. Yeah, I think it also looks like BYU played at home too, which I think is a big um, the Marriott Center. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just like so. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is at home. Um, but still, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, in in it, in I feel like in college basketball, a you know, home crowd does help you. It absolutely. does it does not determine everything, but it does help, you know, spark a little bit more fire in you. And you know, with college basketball, it's so unpredictable. It's, um, but that's I do, why I winning. Think, these... I do think BYU, you know, they they they're gonna be a solid team this year. Um, I feel it, th- those teams that played that. Eight man rot eight to nine man rotation. I think they those teams are the teams that, you know, they make deep runs into the tournament. Um, come mm-hmm. March, thinking about. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, having guys, having, I mean, having a team that um, is deep and you don't have one guy who does it all, you've got multitude of guys that does it all. And I think that that really um, characterizes what we have this year. Absolutely. So I'm, uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how this, these next three games go. Um, let's first take care of business on Friday. Oh yeah. Let's, let's make sure we get that straight away, uh, you know, squared away. And then, you know, from there, and then we just go from there and, you know, we'll, we'll be looking forward to it for sure. Um, kind of, so closing remarks, I mean, you know, anything we missed, I think, uh, one big thing I know Tom and I wanted to kind of, uh, highlight is, um, shout out to our women's basketball team for their amazing upset against number two, UConn the other day. I mean, wow. I mean, just, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I, wow. I, I, got <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what happens when you, I mean, we, when we played them last, it was, uh, basically a home game for them for UConn in the tournament or in the, yeah, in the tournament. Um, and that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the shows goes to show we i think also our women's team is going to be better improved compared to last year um, yeah i think they will i think they will um you know i'm 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 praying you know that that they kind of that they find their groove i know it's been a tough couple of years kind of losing in the tournament um you know for, yeah and yeah i mean shout out to them Shout out, shout out. Um, well, guys, uh, that concludes another episode of uh, the Howlin' Hoops podcast. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we're looking forward to uh, this Friday night game and uh, kind of all the other games uh, as we kind of move forward here. Um, and we appreciate you guys uh, listening. Um, and Tom, anything else to say? Oh uh, no, I mean, uh, thank you for having me. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of this. Yes, dude. We're 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 excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun year. We're, we're knock on wood. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. And uh, take care. And uh, go pack. Go pack. <laughs>